The first president of the European Council was named last night, bringing a close to months of speculation, jostling, and negotiations as the European beast continues to march towards its latter-day organization, in line with Bible prophecy. Welcome to the November 20th edition of Bible in the News. This is Glenn Abel with you. The recently ratified Lisbon Treaty defined the role of the EU president as an individual who would replace the previous system of rotating the presidency amongst the member nations. The original intent for this position was to elevate the status of the EU on the world stage to ensure the external representation of the Union on issues concerning its common foreign and security policy. Indeed, many desired that the role should be occupied by a strong personality who would command respect in foreign capitals such as America and China. However, as a consensus approach is wont to produce, the job description becomes watered down, and the result is the lowest common denominator that everyone could agree upon. Thus, a vastly weakened presidency was guaranteed. The secretive manner in which the president was selected had reporters reminiscing about papal conclaves and puffs of white smoke from the Sistine Chapel, and there is no doubt that the Vatican will be happy that a devout Roman Catholic has secured the post. Of course, they would still have had an ally had Tony Blair been selected, or no doubt many of the other candidates. The man who has chosen, Herman van Rompuy from Belgium, is described as a haiku-writing ascetic. He is seen as someone who will foster consensus between the member nations and their concerns. Other reports make mention that he is keen on increasing Brussels' powers. On the world stage, he is a relative nobody. But that makes sense, since the major powers in the EU, like Germany and France, are clearly not fully ready at this point to give up their individual nationalist voice. That time will come. It is interesting to note that as unremarkable a figure von Rompuy seems to be, he is on record as being opposed to Turkey's enrollment in the EU. On what grounds? On the grounds that bringing a Muslim nation into the EU would dilute the Christian character of the Union. Clearly, he was referring to its Catholic character. As Jonathan mentioned last week, we need to remember that the stage is being set for the nations of Europe to give their power and strength to the beast. But beginning with the return of Messiah, a lot of events have to happen first, in including the defeat of the Russian Confederacy of Ezekiel 38. The prophecy of Ezekiel tells us that the nations of Catholic Europe including Germany and France, will be a part of that confederacy, having been brought to heel by the Russian dragon. It won't take much coaxing, however, for them to embrace the anti-Semitic, anti-Zionist evil thought of Ezekiel 38 verses 10 to 12 that will bring them down upon the mountains of Israel against the daughter of Zion. Ezekiel 38 verse 8 and Daniel 11 verse 45 are some passages to consider in that regard. Of course, the Russians are content to have a weak EU presidency. Here's what Naziha Arbatova, head of the Department of European Policy Studies at Moscow's Institute of Economics and International Relations, had to say. Theoretically, Russia would like to have a president from a country with which it has good bilateral relations, like Germany, France, or Italy. But the Belgian Prime Minister, Hermann van Rompuy, suits Russia much better than Tony Blair. It means he won't have a powerful voice to say in the EU, and he won't be a self-assertive voice. His personal leanings won't play a big role either. 
I think the majority of our Russian political elite will prefer to have a weak EU leader. After the defeat of the Dragon Confederacy at Armageddon, as we read about in Ezekiel 38, the Catholic nations of Europe will be given an opportunity to submit to Christ, along with everyone else who hears the mid-heaven proclamation of Revelation 14. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. That's from Revelation 14, verse 6 to 7. There will also be a special mention for the Jews left in Europe, a special message, rather, for the Jews left in Europe. Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. And that's found in Revelation 18, verse 4. Will Europe submit? They will not. Having divested themselves of the last vestiges of their individual nationalist interests, they will completely turn their fortunes over to the beast, ridden by the Catholic harlot, who is also prophetically styled the false prophet. Even in the face of Rome's destruction, in Revelation 18, they will go up against Christ and the saints. As we read about in Revelation 17, verse 12 to 14, The ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb. But they will be overthrown by Christ and the saints, as verse 14 continues, And the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And Revelation 19, verse 19 to 20, tells us of the final destiny of Catholic Europe. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive, into a lake of fire, with burning with brimstone. That's Revelation 19, verse 19 to 20. They will be judged by fire, like Sodom and Gomorrah. The prophet Daniel prophesied of this in Daniel 7, verse 11. I beheld till even, even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed, and given to the burning flame. And so, as we see events unfolding, let us hold fast to the more sure word of prophecy that provides illumination in this age of gross darkness. Let us give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Let us set our affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. That's Colossians 3, verse 2 to 4. Join us again, God willing, next week for another edition of Bible in the News. www.bibleinthenews.com